Wait, wait, wait. You've never seen Paid in Full. A low down dirty shame. Acrimony. It's yes. Christmas. No, I don't think I have. Oh <laughs> <laughs> Hello, everybody. Welcome back to another episode of Does It Hold Up? Where we watch all those black films you know and love. Oh, wait. Yeah, nobody talks about this movie. <laughs> At the end, I was like, hey, Joe. Um. <laughs> and we ask. Does it hold up? Does it hold up? So then guys, we have to ask now, does it hold up? Now, on to the show. Love me. Curtis was supposed to love me. <clears throat> I can't, right? <laughs> Truly, I'm so excited for this episode. I have so many thoughts, because uh, I was telling Mariah before, this is fully my, I know some of the songs, and by some I mean two, but this is my fully first time Jesus, watching Dreamgirls so all the way through. Oh my God. And I, I have so many thoughts for today. Last night, I tried <laughs> to get this guy this to watch is... Dreamgirls, and he was like, please no, don't make me watch that. And I was like, yeah, big yikes. <laughs> we came home from a party last night around approximately 1.30 a.m., and mm-hmm. I said, so we're watching Dreamgirls? I'm ready. <laughs> I said we're probably not going to get to sleep till four yeah. because it's a lengthy it's one. A yeah. very it's long a lengthy one. It's I a very long one. They left nothing movie. out. They um, left nothing. So in case you didn't know, guys, uh, welcome. Hi, everybody. Welcome to the uh, Does It Hold Up? Um, our new and improved version where we only do it bi-weekly. Um, and it is September, guys, which, as we all know, is not only Virgo season, but it is the birth month of the one, the only, the queen, the standard, the reason for the season, number one diva, Beyonce, Mm -hmm. Giselle, Knowles Carter, mother to Blue Ivy Carter, mother to Rumi and Sir Carter, wife to Sean, Corey (laughs) Carter, daughter of Tina (laughs) Knowles Lawson. Sister, (laughs) it's when we start talking about the fact that she is a mother of mother of three. I I start to like vomit, vomit. Watching this movie, those kids are now walking. Watching, not even just walking and talking, but they have thoughts and opinions. They know things. Blue is running. Blue has like her own empire. Blue Ivy has has an empire. Has awards. She's a number one uh, audiobook that might win her another Grammy. What? She's a quarter of the way to an ego. It's a qu- a one quarter of the way. A child. She's still in age. single digits, baby. She's still in single digits, and she already almost has um, an EGOT. Not. Oh, yeah. Not to pull the attention away from, you know, the Beyonce family, because they're all 10 out of 10 incredible. But um, I feel like yes. us... September Libras deserve some praise as well for it being September because you all we do is get slandered on. You don't. So. <laughs> yes, we do. You, you don't. Gotta you know, I'm fighting after, for after September life 4th, on the internet. After September 4th, we can talk. Yeah, can I'm talk sorry. It's okay, quite disrespectful of you to try and overlook September 4th. Right. My, so my parents' anniversary oh. is unfortunately either the 1st or the 5th. Oh. I truly do not know ever. Okay. But Shelby calls me yesterday, my sister, upset. She goes, these people want to have a barbecue on Beyonce's birthday. Talks about some anniversary. <laughs> and I, 
Yeah, that I wouldn't. She said we just better have a cake. She said we just better have a cake for Beyonce. Everybody in the room better not say anything. Yeah, we only listen to Beyonce all day because yeah. I don't know how she tricked your father into this because yeah. that's not even his thing. Yeah, yeah. it yeah. needs to be acknowledged at the beginning and at the end of the day, like throughout the day. Everyone needs to acknowledge that it is Beyonce's. It's a national holiday at this point. Everybody recognizes that it's her birthday. So obviously because it's September, because it's her birthday, we wanted to do um, Beyonce movies. And this was like one of the first movies that I remember going like, oh, that's my Beyonce. Like, of course, love the fighting temptations. But at the time it was, oh, that's Beyonce from like, you know, from Destiny's Child. And not to say that she wasn't that girl, because she was always that girl and we knew it. Oh my God, Camille, I had McDonald's for breakfast too. I know, Linda was telling oh. me about McDonald's. I'll never turn, I'll never turn my head. I'll never turn my head from <laughs> But yeah. She's done so She much is always there when you need her. Um, but yes, yeah, so we decided we'd do Beyonce movies and so we're doing Dream Girls. Um, but before... Oh, Lyndon just got up and walked away. I think that was the final straw for her. Before we jump in and talk about Dream Girls and just the, I have, I just want you guys to know I have pages and pages of notes. I hope you are prepared. I have a whole speech ready to give. Um, I'm about to read to oh, folks I today. Oh, I do too. Today, this I is the read. It. Today, this is the read, okay? Especially at the <laughs> end here, I have lots to say, but I'm going to save oh, my yes. rant till the end. But, uh, what's up, guys? How's it going? As we acknowledged earlier, I'm on my period, and I did get very emotional while watching this yesterday. Um, I did cry, and that's how I knew my period was coming. Um, because I cried. I shed tear. Uh, what was I about to say? Yeah, what's up? How's it going, guys? What are you watching? What are you into? What's, what's, what's life-giving? Yeah. I'll start. I did tune in to see Really Love on Netflix. Okay. Um, that was a sigh. It, you that know was what? a sigh. <laughs> it should have been. I just feel like it could have, should have been a photo shoot. Not Everyone looks beautiful. Shoot. Well, it, the script has issues and problems. And at first I was like, is this the actors? Because from what I know, these people act. Like, I... I'm, I've never been upset with anything Kofi's done. Mm, I, I love Kofi's therapy. Yeah, he gets the job done. And then there's this like beautiful, long like love montage in the middle mm. where I'm like, oh, these characters do have chemistry. They do look great together. They are believable. It's the words. Without words, this is serving. Um, yeah, I just found the, the script to be a little... So it should have been a silent film. That, I wish film. that would have made I think more because obviously what they're trying to do is one of those movies where they're, like, <laughs> they're force <laughs> well they, they're force feeding you what they've I'm so sorry black people are like there's so many lines that are like there's lines in it that are like black people are you know beautiful and ordinary at the same time and like and I I'm get it get I believe it, it. I know I that to be true I am not ordinary at all I am quite, hey, I'm quite, I have never known myself um, to be ordinary, like, I don't like want that. to ever know myself as someone that's ordinary, um, <laughs> no. I don't know who the fuck they say we are, yes, who's yes, we, yes, nigga, yes, it's yes. not us. Mm-hmm. Right, and like, it takes place in D.C., Oh God! and they do everything they can, you know, I'm poor, I hate to, sorry, if you're from D.C. and you're listening, 
I, I want to offend you. But offend. But I do believe that the District of Columbia is where some of our best, brightest, most attractive, and capable young black people go to remain quarantined. Die. Because, to die. Oh my God. Oh my God. Whoever wrote it is obviously from um, PG BC. County. Obviously from BC. And to be, it, it, the way that they had my man Kofi up here talking, it sounds like a propaganda film written by a nigga who only talks in dope and that's what's up. Please. And trying to convince you that that's romance. Please. Please. At one point we were watching and Dylan turned to me and he says, I think we have to turn off the fact that we know what love actually feels like. <laughs> I said, I think so. I think so. Because this is not, it just was really mm. icky. Empty. Mm. Just empty. Just pe- like it just what he's in. Like, I don't want to spoil anything, mm-hmm. but there's nothing to spoil. I mean, He's a, mm. he's a struggle. Well, he's not struggling. He's actually a bright young artist. Okay. Okay. Um, graduated from Micah. His name is in the streets. They're all talking about him. That he feels the pressure. He wants a solo show. Mm. And she is a young law student. Um, parents are on their Jack and Jill. They're from not Jack and Jill. Please. They went to the esteemed Howard University. Please. They are not approving of the relationship, even though his art is like, he's like. And up and coming, everyone knows, seems to know who this man is. So I don't understand why we're still doing the whole, like, artist? That's not a real job. Right. And it's like, girl, Uzo Aduba just walked in and is like, telling him that he's the next big thing. Right. She's there. She plays, like, a mentor of his. His main mentor is Michael Ely, who is giving a performance that says Terrence Howard was busy. Please! He's just, up here, he's just up here, you know, like... Like, you wanted them motherfuckers, and da, 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 da. and it's just like, Michael Ely, that's not even yeah. you. Why are you doing this? Yeah. Um, and it was just a lot. It felt like this person had seen, you know, had seen Love Jones, had seen the classics, and just took bits and pieces from all of that mm. to say nothing, unfortunately. But everyone is, is very attractive. Okay. Oh, I didn't even want to get on here and, like, bash this movie, but it just was... It was tough. It was a tough watch. Yeah. I mean, we'll see. I'm probably gonna watch it now yeah, that I'm now that I'm on my period. It might be better, you know. I might, it I might, might like it more because I'm in a because when I'm on my period, I always watch like The Notebook and like My Best Friend's Wedding. I love. I don't uh, know. see love basketball. you're things that are that are really good. Oh, and I, I, I know that was what it is. Like there was not enough establishing like love and. Like, I didn't under, like, we would be, do, like, they would be going on dates. I'm like, well, how did we get here? It didn't seem like the conversations we were having right. felt. Yeah, but that's because they had this nigga talking in, like, oh, dope. That's He's just up. speaking in, like, Word. cliches and shit. And it's like, ask this girl a question about herself. Yeah. Maybe say something nice to her. But see, that's how and niggas so I, be, though. Like. Right, and I saw a lot of people being like, wow, this is so real. And I'm that's like. That's sad. I fear. That makes me sad. That's really sad. Um, conversation. Yeah. What about you, Lyndon? Yeah. What have you been watching? Yeah, What's up? Ain't shit new over here. Um, took an edible the other day, beat my ass, <laughs> and now I'm trying to finish the last two seasons of Shira that I started last summer and just never got past again. Before. Again, it's Shira, as in like he man. It's she. Classic. Classic. Sorry. There's literally like a a, a dash in between. In between those two words, and you keep saying Shira. Like I hear 
I hear what you're saying, but like this is not because my culture. Because that's I'm what it is. It, okay. <laughs> and so I'm watching my show the way I know it as Shira. Okay. And Homegirl. Okay. okay. Honestly, now rewatching it, I'm like, no, this is cool. This is actually good. And I'm excited for like the gay part at the end because, you know, the lesbians, we latch on to any representation we could possibly get from fucking mainstream TV. But apparently, like, their representation in Shira is very, very, very good. And there's a bunch of couples that are like same sex, non binary, like all that stuff. Yeah. And it's just so normalized in the show. So it's like very comforting. Good for the children. There's lots of, you know, same sex couple representation in the show, non binary people in the show, different, you know, spectrums of people with, you know, different drawn skis on the show. And it's just like a fun, wholesome time for the kids, you know? And I'm having a blast. I'm having a blast being here again. <laughs> That's awesome. The kids love it. Like, I, the kids I work with were always talking about She-Ra, and I'm like, I, I don't know what that is. Me but they, like, <laughs> I mean, the I kids remember. love it. The little gabies and babies that I teach Aww. were, like, absolutely, like, faces lit up. That's so beautiful. It. That's I awesome. I love that. Love the babies so much. I have started another white teen drama. I am currently watching The O.C. for the first time in my life. Um, and I'm only, like, seven seven episodes in and i'm hooked um they got me <laughs> they won i'm i'm finally watching it so that's that's really what i'm on i finished 30 rock um and that's just what i've been doing i've been watching a lot of that still watching downton abbey um yes. and you know just just chilling it's very hot so i'm trying my best to stay inside because the weather is kind of quite sickening and disgusting outside. Um, I'm very disgusted with it. But yeah, that's that's what I'm up to. So let's talk about our film today. Uh, yeah. So as for me, I've seen Dreamgirls so 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 many times in my black ass life. Yes. Like, I it's and I love it so much and so I was very excited for this to be the film that we do to celebrate like Beyonce one because I think it's like uh, one of the films that when people say oh Beyonce can't act like what are you talking about I like to bring this up I really right. like to bring this up when people say Beyonce can't act you know or you know I just I think this is like one just like an amazing testament to just so much black talent um, and just so much. And Camille, as our resident MT, <laughs> recovering MT, please give us your take on Dreamgirls. Oh my what's god! What's your what's your what's your experience with it? Dreamgirls is 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 everything to me. Like I, mm -hmm. you know, I love the movie before the movie even came out. Even as a really young person, I'd already known about the musical. And like, it's just one of those things that when you're like a young black girl doing musical theater, it's a show that's like. I can do that. Like that is for me. Right. And there's so many because there's so many musicals where you kind of have to like. That's a really good point. Actually, like that I didn't back then think about. I felt like I had to count myself out. You know, like shows. My favorite musical in the entire world was Fiddler on the Roof. I have no business in that, and I will never. I was gonna say. That, you know. <laughs> <laughs> and like, but there's other things where it's just, and that's more explicit, right? It's obviously about the Jewish experience, but there's certain other musicals that like aren't really explicitly about anyone in particular, but you just know in your heart that it wasn't written. That for it's you. just not written for you. And this was yeah. like, wow, this is written for me. I can be any one of these three girls. I could be anybody in this ensemble. Like it just has always meant so much to me. And it, I think it's one of the 
best musical to film adaptations we have, if not the best one, if not the best one. Um, As a person who's seen many, many, many musical to film adaptations, I'm going to have to second that. I'm going to have to second that. And I think every part of this had a level of excellence that's just on par with like the best work that's ever been done from the costuming to the cinematography to the choreography Mm -hmm. to that. I think there's so much of this that, and I don't want to get too much into it. um, But yeah, I I have to. I think it's, it's worth noting that at the time that this came out and you probably maybe were about to say this in your like stats and stuff, this is the highest budget for an all black film ever. Wow. Um, I don't yet oh, know wow. if that has been surpassed yet. I mean, but probably that's Black why. Panther. But... Imagine, right. Imagine, though, when you give us the resources to do what, what we, we do, can do. What look we how can do. stunning it is. Yeah. And that is rarely ever the case. What about you, Lyndon? Let's talk about your experience and your interaction with Dreamgirls. I have no fucking experience with Dreamgirls before this, which was, I knew it is in and of itself. <laughs> but okay, I know I'm seeing that I'm breaking up. Okay, I'm back now. But I, mm, I've never seen the musical, and I feel like as a musical, I would absolutely adore this the way that you guys are talking. But I think because I'm seeing it as a movie before seeing it as a musical, I don't know. Like movie musicals, sometimes I love it, sometimes I hate it. And this one I liked. I liked it. It was good. But I feel like it would have been better served in terms of understanding the characters a lot more if it was a miniseries to be able to really dive into the characters and like why they act the way that they act, if that makes sense. I think that's like a very interesting concept. Like that could be that that would actually that's something I think that would have been very interesting. I feel like this wasn't like super like a miniseries era. So I no, get no, why no. it was way before miniseries. Yeah, what? so I get why they just did a long movie. Well, Lynn, yeah. what I think you might enjoy is looking into like the production of the musical. Yeah. Because like basically the way that they had, you know, you had your three girls, it's Shirley Ralph, Loretta Devine, and yes. Jennifer Holiday. Yes. Mm-hmm. The girls. And they, but like what you're seeing on stage, like in the story between the three women is exactly kind of what was happening behind the scenes as well. Yeah. And like, okay. if you look into some of the behind the scenes stuff, you do kind of feel, I feel like you do come away with like a better understanding of even these fictional characters yeah. just based on the way that these women were interacting with each other yes. during this show. And the producer, Michael Bennett, he was purposefully spreading rumors to each of the women about stuff mm-hmm. saying, you know, so-and-so's talking about you, so-and-so's doing this yep. to fuel their performances. Yep. Oh my and it God. just made them, like, all hate each other in real life. Yep. So good. Yep. <laughs> Bit horrible. Wow. Yeah, very fucking horrible, but let's get into it. And um, mm-hmm. I'm gonna do what I usually do and read my little Wikipedia about it. Camille, if you wanna jump on in there with some of your fun mm-hmm. facts, because I know you have them, feel the fuck free. So, Dreamgirls is a 2006 American musical drama film written and directed by Bill Condon. This is a white man, but you probably know him from He Did Chicago. He did The Breaking Dawns. He did uh, The Twilight Saga. Um, Lyndon, that's more your speed. Wild jump. <laughs> um, very wild. First of fucking all, I was never in the Twilight. How fucking dare you? Okay. I'm sorry. How I just assumed. You? I just assumed. I My did bad. watch the first movie though. Okay. okay. I did have a two day stint with it. 
Okay. I, I, I will take that. Is that what you I want to hear? I will take that heat. I will take that heat because I was deeply entrenched in the twilight of it all. Okay. So I, I apologize. <laughs> I apologize. I'll be the resident twilight. Um, but yeah, so it was written and directed by Bill Condon. Um, and it's an adaptation of, of course, the 1981 Broadway musical Dream Girls. So a lot of uh, something that you probably. I don't know if you know this, Lyndon, but I feel like it's kind of very clear and it's very like widely known is that the musical um, is an inspir. It's like inspired by uh, the Supremes. So this is supposed to be Diana Ross and the Supremes and their yeah. whole their whole story of like the Motown record label and like the story just it follows the history and evolution of the American R and B music during the 60, 60s and the seventies through the eyes of a Detroit girl group known as the Dreams and their manipulative record executive. Let's talk about this cast because if you want to talk about Murderer's Row, (laughs) Murderer's Row, Mm -hmm. all-star, baby, you have Jennifer Hudson as Effie White, who's inspired by Florence Ballard, who was uh, one of the members of the Supremes. Um, You have fucking Jamie Foxx, who is inspired by Motown founder Barry Gordy. Now, I know we've talked about Mr. Jamie Foxx and the fact that there is nothing that Mm -hmm. he can't nothing that he can't do but i just think this Mm -hmm. is another testament to it of course there is the one (gasps) the only beyonce who Mm -hmm. is inspired by the one the only diana ross okay Mm -hmm. um and then there's anika noni rose just so I mean, she just gorgeous, just gorgeous, stunning, stunning, talented. And if you hear the name Anika Noni Rose and you don't know who that is, who this black legend is, you probably Ugh. know her as Tiana from Princess and the Frog. Um, and she was obviously inspired by Mary Wilson, also a member, a founding member of the Supremes. There is Keith Robinson, who plays Cece, mm-hmm. um, who is just so incredibly fucking talented um but he's obviously inspired by Smokey robinson who is a former you know vp of motown producer songwriter artist singer Smokey. there's nothing Smokey robinson cannot do so um that's who his character is who is his character is inspired by there is the eddie murphy the Eddie fucking Murphy. Yeah. Uh, who just, I mean, every time I, 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 every fucking time I watch him in something, I'm like, yeah, that's why. That's why he's that. That's why he is. Because at first is. I was like, and Eddie that's Murphy. Why, and then as we exactly. went on, I was like, Eddie Murphy. Oh, exactly. <laughs> yeah. Exactly. And of course, Eddie Murphy is inspired by, you know, James Brown, Jackie Wilson, Marvin Gaye, and people like that. Um, there's Danny Glover, who plays Marty Madison, one of Jimmy's managers. There's Sharon Leal, who comes in as another, you know, uh, member of the Supremes, and she's inspired by Cynthia and Birdsong, who replaced Florence Ballard in The Supremes. Um, there's, um, then there's, who else is in this? Loretta Devine. Oh, she has a cameo, and of course, Loretta Devine was the original Laurel in the, um, uh, in the original stage production. There's Don Lewis. She has a cameo. Yes, um, John Lithgow. John Lithgow is in this. 
fucking John Krasinski, J- Krasinski is in this from The Office. I know. When he showed up, I said John Krasinski. I literally baby, screamed. I always Baby, everybody was in this. Baby, everybody, everybody was in this. Yvette Nicole Robinson has a cameo in this. Fucking, um, oh my God, Jaleel White has a cameo in this. Like, there is literally everybody is in this fucking movie. Um, it's it's insane how this cast is stacked. They it must had a, have been a heyday on set. It I mean, must have been I just, a I just, I, 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 if, to be a fly on that fucking wall, like I, I just cannot imagine. So this film, um, was it had a budget of like Camille said it, at the time it was the largest budget for a black film ever, and that was eighty million dollars. The film grossed uh one hundred and fifty five point four million dollars. Work. million dollars and this came out december 4th Mm -hmm. or december 15th in 2006 and that just goes to show you just how fucking young beyonce was in this movie oh my god Um, just how young all of them were all of them were so fucking young in this um they tried to get this film made in the 80s they tried to get this film made in the 90s after um the after the musical one six Tony Awards, six yep. Tony Awards, um, and they uh they were they wanted to do it in the late nineties after the success of What's Love Got to Do with It and Why Do Fools Fall in Love, and at the time they wanted Lauren Hill to play Dina, and they wanted Wild. they wanted Kelly Price to play Effie, um, but uh, okay. it didn't it end up, it didn't end up happening. But after the the film adaptation of Chicago, which again, um, that's Bill Condon. He wrote and directed that as well. Um, then Dreamgirls happened. Uh, so they made a couple changes. Obviously, there are more musical numbers, blah, blah, blah. Um, what else is in here that's important to know? Um, so then Beyonce actually lobbied for the part of Dina. She had to, Beyonce. Beyonce Beyonce second or third choice. Beyonce had to do a screen test to get cast in this. I yeah. Beyonce had to do a screen test. Usher was supposed to be CC, but of course they couldn't afford him. Andre three thousand was offered the role, but then he declined. Omarion was also considered, but in the end, but they did they didn't end up. (laughs) Sorry, (laughs) they did not end up going. Um, of course, Jamie Foxx and Eddie Murphy were the first people that were offered roles. Um, Yeah, but Denzel Washington, Will Smith, and Terrence Howard were approached to play Curtis, and all of them turned it down. Anika Noni Rose, who at this point in time was a Tony Award winner and Broadway veteran, had to go through several auditions in order to get cast in the role and then for the role of effie um they wanted to do what they did in the 80s when they casted an unknown um jennifer holiday in the role um she was 21 years old at the time so after they auditioned 783 singing actresses oh my god and among them was raven simone Patina Miller of Broadway, Oof, Jennifer uh, uh, Jennifer Hudson uh, was eventually cast um, uh, in the role, and this was her debut film, um, uh, which is just absolutely 
just insane. I mean, it's insane that this is her Stunning. debut film. And so when it was released, um the critical response was, you know, like they loved it. It was uh it was it was pretty much it was the same. Um but the let's talk about award season. So uh Ooh, when it came out I'm Dream, very triggered already. <laughs> Dream Girls was a front runner for the uh Best Picture Academy Award. Um um and I believe it they got nominated for in six categories more than yeah. any other film that year, but they did not get nominated for Best Picture, Best Director, or um either of the leading actress categories, which they did. Right. No, they didn't. Of what is Jennifer Hudson's Oscar for? Jennifer Hudson's song? Oscar is for Best Supporting Actress. Mm. Oh, I sorry. I thought you just meant any. I you said leading actress actor yeah. categories, and I thought you said I was thinking like major acting categories. Okay. No, no, no. Um, so they got nominated for Best Supporting Actor for Eddie Murphy, Best Supporting Actress for Jennifer Hudson, Best Costume Design, Best Art Direction, Best Sound Mixing, and three nominations. For best song, for listen sung by Beyonce, uh-huh. for love you I do sung by Jennifer Hudson, and for patience mm-hmm. which is sung by Keith Richardson, and mm-hmm. Dreamgirls is the first live action film to receive three nominations for best song, and legendary, and of course Jennifer Hudson did win the Academy Award for best supporting actress oh. in, in becoming. Because the only, fun fact, the only Black woman to ever in the history of, you know, the Academy Awards win um, um, an, an Academy Award for Best Leading Actress to this day, 95 plus years later, is Halle Berry. Halle Berry, oh Halle Berry is the only Black actress who has ever won Leading Actress at, at the Academy Awards. Every other Black actress who's won an Academy Award has been supporting that jesus fucking christ yeah has jesus been supported and, and you know what i i actually applaud the people of dream girls for not setting our girl up to not get recognized for her performance because, because you know that she was technically is the leading actress in that movie right she, she and if you would have put actress. her in that category they would have played her guest and i'm so you know. glad they set her up for success there and really you know that and you know that's the same thing that happened with viola davis yep. for fences because she knew what was gonna happen Mm-hmm. she knew what was gonna Absolutely. happen so she just submitted herself um but yeah uh let's get into it y'all let's just jump on in yes. to dream girl so go ahead and take over all right guys so dream girls begins we are at a sort of like talent night a talent show like a like a like a night at the apollo type show type very thing. much that, very, very much that. that. And we see that Jimmy Early has lost his backup singers for the night because he can't keep his little hands to himself. He's out here cheating. He's got a wife at home. And of course um, they ran off on him. That's exactly what I would do. Like run off on a nigga in the middle, of, wife, in the middle of our contract. I'm going to call your wife, nigga. How about that? <laughs> see me? See me? I'm a little crazy. And I'm going to call her and invite her to the show. <laughs> I Wait, said, we get said, but see when we comps. when we get there and yes, fucking yes, act three, yep. I'm not even going. I'm not even yep. going early. Um, I so, have a question for you, oh, Camille. Exactly. I know we just started, but I have a question because 
I have always been a fan of how the like black people wear the 60s like the cut oh, of the dresses so the silhouette the hair mm-hmm. um and I want to know what you thought of the the costuming and the hair and makeup in this, this, in this film movie is costumed so well I love that we get to see the eras change and we see the costume yeah. and the makeup and all of it just oh my god as I was when I was watching last night during um when I first saw you and listen, I was like, I hope to God Beyonce has possession of all of these images because just stunning. Like just the you know looks that does. they just the you looks that they does. got into for quick little moments that you don't even see. Everything about it is just so on point. Black people and I like black black that black people in the sixties because it's kind of like it was in the middle of the civil rights movement, you know, we are claiming things for ourselves. And I think one of the things that we claimed is just glamour like yes you were like this is not just for white people yes and we the you know who it makes me think of besides you know who it makes me think of i'm sorry besides diana ross Mm -hmm. is diane carroll yes rest in peace Beyonce is giving Grand Dame Grand Dame the original Grand Dame Diane Carroll well she's literally doing a direct Diane Carroll reference in when they're doing the commercial for her like life story movie thing yep. the wedding oh yep. they show yep. quick footage of her like at her wedding and it's a direct Diane Carroll reference with just like gorgeous flowers in the hair and the big like mod eyelash it's just so Fuck, gorgeous. it's so stunning it's Everyone so stunning this movie looks gorgeous. even da- one of my favorite looks which is not even one of the glamour ones really or like the most glamorous is and we'll get there is Effie singing it's like Effie's like casual looks when she's like not doing well because it's still so of the era. Yeah. But it's oh like my God, a different way of life. Like this is what people look like when she has even the little head wrap on to go sing. It's so I was like, going to say that was one of my favorite oh, looks. It was God. absolutely gorgeous. You know, I loved her hair. <laughs> I loved her hair. I really did. Yeah, I really did. Okay, And I I'm love sorry. that she's like the whole time aunt. She's like, why do I got to wear these wigs? What's wrong with right. my natural hair? I said, yes. I just... They just do such a good job of showing all the different ways of life and all the different types of things that were happening at the time. Whether you had money, you didn't have money, and a little bit of money. I just love it. Um, So yes, we're at this talent show and the Dreams, which is their group that they're in. Beyonce. Let me let me not. Dina. Wait, at this time they're the Dream X. The Dream not. They're not the Dreams. The Dream X. The babies. I know. Little girls. And they show up late, Laurel, Dina, and Effie, because they had to sneak out. Because Mama's not not with the singing. When we always talk about this, my least favorite trope. We don't allow music in the house. We don't allow music in this house. <laughs> it's it's uh, we yes. don't allow secular music in yeah, this house. They're on their glitter right now, so they had to sneak out. And they arrive late, and they're like trying to appeal to Jaleel White, who is apparently running the show. Um, and he's not going to let them perform at first, but then Curtis, played by Jamie Foxx, who we already said could do everything. I mean, there, I mean, when we, when we talk about just the best that we have, the best that we as a people have, the best, yes. like, is, is, I, I, I just trying to think, is there any role that this man could not play? No. No. I want to see him on Is there anything I, that he couldn't do? Yeah. I want to see him on a stage. Because I do. I do. that's somebody who just like should egot. Like he just has all the things to do it, and he's very missing. He's just missing the Emmy and the Tony. You're absolutely correct. So my plan for him as his unofficial manager is we need to tighten up the hosting on Beach Shazam so maybe we could beat RuPaul in the host category for the Emmy, and then we need to just get him on a stage doing something. 
you know what, Jamie, if you're listening to this, please contact Camille. Please, please contact Camille. Like, I'm not We have big you. plans for you. I would go watch a night of Jamie Foxx on Broadway. Like, I would just. Are you know, kidding me? That would be so incredible. Oh my gosh. One man show. I would watch it. it. It could be whatever. He could do like a musical variety show and I would be fucking front row. Exactly. Um, but yeah, so Curtis, played by Jimmy Fox, he advocates for them and gets the girls. He because he knows that Jimmy needs these backup singers. So he said, Y'all, y'all can get up here, sing background for Jimmy early. Um, and he's not with that. <laughs> he's not with that. But they let them do the show and they you see them getting ready. And like we said before, like they're little girls still. Like they're trying to get ready. They look like little girls, but they do they're not up to date girls. with the fashion, you know. Because no. they're, they're still living in the they're still living those in the dresses. Scenes. Yeah, they were struggling. They were struggling with those ones. So then, in my one of my favorite scenes, the op, ever so optimistic Dina, she said, "What if we just turn the wigs around, make thinking that maybe it'll give it a little modern twist?" Yeah, that's, so that's definitely around. some shit I would do. It did something. <laughs> it did something. It did something. It did something. I don't know if it did what they wanted, but it did something. Um, and then the dreams, dreamettes, pardon me, go on stage and perform, and Effie sings the house down. Just okay, like, and we knew it was gonna happen, right? I mean, the way she walked in so nonchalant, I knew she was about to bring it. I just <laughs> yeah. knew it. I just knew yeah. it. Yeah. Yeah. But don't you hate how they tried to like portray her as being fat? Like she's supposed to be the fat one of the group, right? And Jennifer Hudson is not even like she was. No. Like, sure, she was fat when she was on American Idol, but they right. made her lose weight for this film, obviously. Which is crazy. Why am I losing weight if you want me to be a fat person? Right. And then anyone standing next to Diana Ross. Exactly. Who is is teeny, teeny, tiny. Teeny, teeny, like very like slim lady is always going to look fat. So you're standing next to a Beyonce in 2005. Right. Yeah, yeah. But, like genuinely, yeah. she wasn't that big. I was watching. She and I was wasn't. Like, I oh, yeah. don't understand. No, no, no. no. I don't this understand. Is, but we are very much the thing about the '60s and the glamour and all that. It's very much getting to a time where I think attitudes are changing about bodies. And right. It's getting to like that. We want that stick because if you look at all the dresses, there's these like skinny trumpet dresses that like flare out at the end, and like right. all the waists of all these things look insane. I mean, this is around the time where we're like. Binding up Judy Garland all the time so that right, she looks like a four year old and like right. it's crazy. Right. Um, it's when the beauty standards are starting to get very out of control. Very just um, like insane. Yeah. Um, and so they perform and they do so so well. Obviously the best of the night. Yet they do not win. The way they close the fucking curtain. On it's her, hilarious. It's they so close hard. the curtain on all the losers, and I was like, "God damn, that yeah, is that's bloody shit." That was that's funny. Awesome. I laughed at that. That's how I know. That like that's a directing Oscar snub. Like yeah. just that alone, mm-hmm. I would have. If I was an Oscar, a part of the Academy, I would have said, "Oh, best direction, great." Yeah, because that scene is. Uh, it just really shows the moment so well. I'm like, yeah, Damn, I really feel it. Um, and so afterwards, they're kind of upset, but we hear Dina again, ever so optimistic, giving the girls a pep talk. Trying to get everybody's spirits up and Curtis over. And why does that just this. seem like something Beyonce would do? She's like, come on, guys. And that's what Beyonce. I will say, for a Beyonce... little bit, I was like, is this acting? Is this just Beyonce? Is this just what she did when they lost to exactly. the, to what was the, what was girl the group time. that they lost to? <laughs> when Girls Time lost at that talent show? Yes, mm-hmm. yes. Mm-hmm. No, that's so Beyonce, much, definitely. So much of this felt like, oh, this is just her. Like, I feel like this is just. You know, she don't talk to us no more. But back when she did, I feel like this is just that girl from the interviews. Like, 
being silly and upbeat and optimistic and trying to keep everybody just like focused and together. Um, yes. She's like, let's get this paper. <laughs> yeah. So then Curtis overhears them and he goes up to them and offers them the opportunity to be Jimmy Early's official background singers tonight for $30 each, but then invites them to go on the tour for $400 a week. And this is before any of he, he this is before he's even made a deal any, yeah. like he hasn't even he has no money he has he's no money right out of he's his fucking speaking. ass and you know what that's just like a fucking car salesman because yep. jimmy fox sells cadillacs and when i tell you car salesmen are, are like the sleaziest people on earth <laughs> and jamie and like curtis who is 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 the, how are you a car salesman but trying to be a music producer I guess those go hand in hand, being a record executive, because you have Feel to be slimy. slimy. You got to be slimy, a certain level of slime oh, to, be, to be a music producer. Mm-hmm. Yep. And that's why it's annoying that they try to make it seem like Effie is like out of pocket or something for being like, um, no, who are you? What's going on here? That's Why? what I'm saying. Like that they was gaslight her this, this movie whole is, fucking movie. They just gaslight they be her the entire time, the especially fuck during out this scene. I was like. Effie doesn't do backup. Like, what don't y'all understand? Yeah, I do not you know understand what? what's when not. When you look at her, when you hear her, this is not a backup. This is not a backup singer. There are some people who just fade into the background. Yep. Effie White is not a but person see, who fades into the background. Nope. No, guys, I'm with you for a lot of it. I do think we're gaslighting our girl Effie a lot. Yes, but I do think there are moments like Mariah Carey was a background singer. The, the for like two seconds background but yeah. singer no these but i'm saying like people start off as background singers and she's just so again girl jimmy early is somebody that people know they don't know right yet. go back yeah, yeah. That's background true. And, and get on bitch and the, fuck, uh, and the fact is, is that she did end up singing background because it's like, one, you can't turn down this kind of opportunity. Right, and two, she knows it's not permanent. She, she, at this point, right. I would take $400 a week to go sing for somebody. And I oh, can't sing. I know. Yes. Oh, I, the way I would be squeaking and squawking the entire tr- like trip. Just, <laughs> you know what? Oh, yeah, I'm there. You I'm know what? There. I'm fucking anybody you want me to. How about that? <laughs> and speaking of fucking, let's talk about Jimmy and Laurel. Jimmy Early, I, who's married. That man deserves to go to prison. When I that found out she was 18. No, she wasn't 18 yet, was she? Not or yet. no, she not she, she like, had she what do you mean no. not yet? She, she was 17 when they started. But uh-huh. later on in the tour with Jimmy, she was 18 after they had started. But when oh. he started when he started pursuing her, she was yeah. not yet 18. Right. Not, right, right and right. you know, and you know Dina was younger. You know, Dina was younger and Effie was the oldest. Yeah, and you 16. saw Dina, Dina had to be at least 16. And you saw the way that Curtis was looking at her mm-hmm. in the dressing room. There's no way that they're seeing the pearly gates. There's no way that they're seeing the pearly gates. Real predatory. <laughs> Real predatory. And you Hated know what? That. Hated and that. You know what? And you know what? It's it. the fucking truth, though. Ain't Absolutely, it, it is. It's Absolutely the fucking it truth, is. though. Because what do they do with these? Especially in the music industry. I mean, we don't even have to talk about R. Kelly. Let's talk about something that's less obvious about the way we get these women, these young women like Lil' mm-hmm. Kim, Foxy Brown, and the way they mm-hmm. start grooming these fucking rappers, Absolutely. these female rappers from the age of like 14, 15, 16, yep. got them out there pretending they're older, fucking them even though these are grown ass men, mm-hmm. pimping yep. them out, and, 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 and nobody says anything. No it's one cares. Disgusting. It's it's disgusting the way you have to have you have to like ignore parts of the disgusting history to be a fan of certain kinds of music. Oh, certainly. Mm-hmm. It's disgusting. Yeah. 
But it's the reality. Not kind women, absolutely not. It is not. It's and not I, kind at all. And like the world at large is not. I think what it is specifically about the music industry is that it's like this isn't. It's not just. This is a woman who is confident in her talents enough to want to pursue this professionally. Like it's. It's almost that like it's even worse because you believe in yourself and because you have confidence and because you have the audacity to want to be on a stage and show people something. And I feel like that especially just makes them want to treat you like even worse, unfortunately. It's it's disgusting the way they just use and abuse these men. But the fact, so they do go on tour with Jimmy. Yes, they go on tour with Jimmy and, you know, Curtis, just like he promised his aunts, and sis, well, his sisters are on the tour to make sure yes. they, they look after the girls. That ain't no bullshit. Right. And for the most part, they're doing they're doing a good job. But, you know, auntie's got to sleep, too. Mm-hmm. And that's when we first see Laurel kind of sneak back. Because Jimmy kept trying to sneak to the front of the bus mm-hmm. to talk to old girl. But finally, mm-hmm. the aunties were on top of it. So aunties, aunties are like, sleep. no. Thank God. I was like, aunties, y'all better keep doing what you're doing. I know. Mm-hmm. Aunties go to sleep. Laurel sneaks back there to the back of the bus to talk to Mr. Early. And... Let me just say, Laurel's the trap I've always wanted. Laurel is who I would love to be. Is it show. really? Yes. Because, well, also, because in the movie, she has a whole song that is yeah. insane and so good. She's like screaming from the rafters. And then I just think the part is the most fucking. Nina has to be so buttoned up and like. Right. I think, like her role is fun. Even like, I mean, they gave her listen in the movie, but in the musical, she doesn't right. really have that. And then. Wait, in the musical, which, who gets listen? Listen is not a song in the musical. It's not. This is oh. one of the, this is one of the songs that was written that was written for specifically the for mm-hmm. the movie. Yes, and of course yeah. you remember this is also a song on Beyonce's album. Like yes, yeah. she she put it on the album, but it was written for the movie. Right. Okay, not, that makes so, like, sense. In the musical, I feel like Dina doesn't really get that much to do. And then yeah. you know Effie, I feel like it's a big, it's a lot of pressure. You got to sing the big songs. And it's the, oh my god! And the big. Laurel has a big song that's great, but she I just feel like she gets to do the most fun stuff. Like, I just love all those scenes of Anika Nonibos being so flustered around you. Yeah. <laughs> it's like, oh, it's so early. It just, like, <laughs> kills me. I love it. So I yes. feel like I would just love, I feel like I would just love, like, to be Laurel's, in Laurel's position. Um, just watch. Just in general in the group, because it's like, I'm there, I get to travel the world, I get to sing, I get to perform, I get to wear all these fabulous clothes, but the beef isn't with me. Exactly. Everybody likes me. Exactly. Every, everybody likes me. Everybody likes me. So I just get to live my life and be rich and famous and fabulous and in this group. And I'm fine with it. Yeah. I but see. I agree with you, stretch, Mariah. The only out. part of Laurel's plotline that I cannot handle is, is the, the man. Being the mistress. Being the well, mistress. Absolutely. But just like the man in general. And right. I think that's a problem with all of the mm-hmm. plotlines I have that involve men, <laughs> oh which God. we will get into later. Definitely. Um, but yes, we start to see their little relationship form. And at first, Laurel is like, you're married. Keep your hands off me. But as time goes on, you know, it's like, I mean, she never sees this wife. It's like she's not even there, you know? And she, right. But it's like, it's, you it's know bad. he got a wife. Like, I just can't. And it's like, it's not even just that you like, know he got a wife. I know you have a wife, but like, I'm still going to hit it though. Like, I'm it's, not, I just know I can't fight. Though. I'm not in the business of getting my ass beat. Because I knew that he had a wife. I still slept with him anyway. Now the wife wants to beat my ass. I can't the fight. Thing is, the thing is, is he has no intentions at all of leaving his wife. No, oh, not even. Not. They never do. He has literally zero intentions of leaving. He remembers. Remember on the tour bus, he said, 
She said, oh, are you married? And then he said, baby, everybody knows I'm married. Mm-hmm. Everybody knows I'm married. So that, that should have told you at the beginning, Laurel. He's yes, never leaving bro. his wife. Absolutely He's never not. leaving his wife. And they never do. Never. If you if some if someone out there is listening and you think that he won't leave his wife for you, he's not. He's not. He's it's not, not gonna happen. He would have done that already. Yeah. He would have done that already. Yeah, and he did not. Exactly. And so at the same time, we got Effie and Curtis. We see mm-hmm. them having a flirtation of sorts. You know, Effie is not a shy woman. Coming on very strong. She straight up asked, "Do you cheat on your wife like Mister Early?" Because she wants to know what she's about to get herself into. Curtis doesn't have a wife. And so we see, you know, as time goes on, we start to know more and more. And they're like, we know that they're full on completely together. Like, yeah. they are. They got a whole situation going on. Um, so meanwhile, Curtis approaches Jimmy early. And uh, what is it, Maddie? I just keep writing Danny Glover in my notes every time. Um, but he approaches Jimmy and his manager about going on a tour. That is like, of all these, because right now, they Jimmy performs on the chilling circuit. Yeah. His, his career's struggling a little bit. He's having trouble reaching a younger audience and staying relevant. And he even comments, you know, there's people out here, James Brown, Lil Richard, people doing what he does, having more recognition than he is. Yeah. And so Curtis, you know, has his little slimy music exec eyes on that prize. And he wants to be, he's coming from Maddie's job. Like he wants to be. He wants to be Jimmy's manager. Jimmy's manager because he believes that he can do it better. But and the thing so, is, is that Marty is like a person who's been with Jimmy, like discovered Jimmy, discovered him, discovered when he was a Jimmy, child. and actually yeah. cares for his well being. Right. Right. Curtis is not the kind of person who cares for Jimmy's well being, right. and he just wants to use him and squeeze him of as much as he can. Yeah. Doesn't care if he's coked out. Doesn't care anything about oh, him. If he's drunk, as long as he gets out there and makes his money, and that's that sucks that like you have people who care about you. And then there are other people like Jimmy, I mean, I'm like like Curtis, who come in and just want to use you and abuse you. But they offer you, they dangle this shiny new thing in front of you, and you mm-hmm. leave the people who've been there with you since the beginning. Yep. Since the beginning. Because you can't say no to more money. Right. And I will say, I think that, honestly, Curtis and Marty together would have been the perfect situation. Because mm-hmm. as much as I know that Marty obviously does care for him, he mm. was thinking a little small, right? Like, he was. Sure, sure, sure. Was but he's able, from a different era. He's from he a different, from a different era. era. And I know he was just thinking about, honestly, you know, not getting lynched in these fucking Miami streets. I get exactly. it, sir. Exactly. I get it, sir. I don't get it, unfortunately, but I get it, sir. And so I feel like together they really could have done something. Like, to, I feel in my head together as his manager, I feel like Jimmy gets to do well but never gets caught up in the drugs because he has someone there who cares. And right. Like trying to, but that's just not what Curtis was for him. And so, you know, he approaches about the tour. They're they're not liking it. But in the meantime, Cece is riding in Cadillac car, and they yes. overhear that, and they're like, "Oh, this bangers only is a fucking bangers. hit." Cadillac car is yeah. one of my favorite. It's, and it's and it's Smokey Robinson. Like this is the person, yeah. like who wrote baby you know that song that like literally every old person like knows so of course so of course like this is of course he wrote that like Kurt, this this entire character Cece is based on like a man who is known for writing fucking hits for Aretha Franklin Marvin right. Gaye the Supremes Rick James the Temptate like this is 
the per- he does this. So yeah. CC is the hit maker. Exactly. CC is the hit maker. And the hit is made because it is on the radio. Yeah. It's playing and they've got a little hitty hit on their hands and it's climbing the charts. Yep. So, so well. Yeah. And so, of course, that means it's time for white people to come to in. To colonize. And do all their In the most boring way oh. to colonize a song, too. I said, y'all just had to go acoustic. It just reminded me of all those fucking indie bands that make, like, acoustic version of r and songs. Wait, do you know this? Do you know this exactly? This remind me of, what's his name? Rit Momney? Who yes. recorded? Who recorded the version the of put your, your records on. put your records on? But in this house, we stand Corinne Bailey Ray. Okay, because <laughs> that because that was written for us, bitch. Yes. Okay, and you can't come in here with your little sad, barely knowing how to sing ass and Ooh. colonize this shit. That's the thing that the problem was that Curtis was saying was that Jimmy can't cross over to the pop charts. So you right. know what they had to do. Payola. Yep, pay and, <laughs> no, and I'm glad you bring that up, right? Because like, because look, back in the day, I used to love, you know, a little indie cover of a rap song, whatever. But now as I get older and I start to understand things more, like we need to be checking that shit. Yeah, because we need to get yeah, there. We need to start getting I used to like them a lot and now I'm like, hmm. Same. Do yeah. you remember what Jimmy, what Curtis said in the movie? Who was the first person to record Hound Dog? What did CC say? Elvis, Elvis Presley. Presley. But what's the yeah. truth? Prime what's example. the truth? What's the truth? Big Mama Thornton was the first person Absolutely. to record that motherfucking song. And then this white and her version pedophile is 10 times better, in my personal opinion. It's 10 times better. It's 10 times better yeah. because it was written for her. Don't forget that black yeah. women invented rock and roll. If you're yeah, listening literally. to this, don't forget we invented rock and roll. We invented pop music. We're literally sitting here right now on this podcast talking about Diana Ross and all these bitches are her sons. Yep. Don't ever forget that. Don't ever for forget that. Star. Don't ever forget that. If we want to get off of the movie for a second and talk about who this is actually based on, the fucking Supremes, these were the people who were on par with the fucking Beatles. Yep. They were bigger than the fucking Beatles. These are pop stars. These new pop stars today, they have Diana Ross is the blueprint and Brian, Diana Ross didn't have a person yep. to look up to. Nope. She had to create all that shit from scratch. They had to. Okay? So don't even talk to us today about pop music and how, you know, and what it is. Because pop music came from us. Exactly. Okay? Exactly. It really did. And Come let on. these black women make pop music. And let, let these please. black women make pop music because it's our music. It's ours. Right? It's ours. And that's when I hate when people are always comparing, you know, Britney to like Madonna and shit like that. And I'm like, no. Baby, they got all that shit from Janet. That's Janet's daughter. Yes. That's Janet's. And Jan, Janet has daughters, granddaughters, great, great, granddaughters. Like, come on. Yeah. Come on. We've been done. We've been doing this shit. Period. Exactly. And so, right, as they, after they steal it, they start paying the radio. They start playing the same game that the white people are playing, if we're being honest. And they start doing pay-for-play radio. And he is, sell, he is funneling this car money. Yes. to the music part of it i think what it's i think he's so like that's illegal right for no for dead ass well yeah paying for music paying for play is not legal like this is all because oh. especially because like you can't you can't do that i don't think i think but i like believe some it's, type of but law. ain't but that how taylor swift got famous Right. See, but see, but it still happens. It's loopholes. They put it in these contracts, and they make right. it weird. Because right, mm. Lyndon, it doesn't make sense if I turn on the radio and the three stations are playing Watermelon Sugar. 
That yeah. feels suspicious. Well, then, yeah. 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 Linda's like, now hold up, hold up, hold, hold on, hold on now. Not that one. Not that one. Not that one. But it's the truth, though. I it's mean, the truth. I can't. playing levitating. It's every the, single it, one. Every it's the truth, one. though. It's the truth, though. You know, and you know, and it's like, you want to talk about how, like, oh, because there was that whole thing that Nicki Minaj was doing when she was talking about, oh, Cardi's record label is playing, is like paying to get her records played. Now, do I believe to an extent that that was happening? Yes. Do I believe that that's the whole of her success? No. no. But when Not we're talking, but when we're talking about payola, we need to talk about these white artists. We yeah. need to be talking about people like who the fuck is Alessia Cara? I don't know. No, fully. Now I don't she know. is. She's she's Jay Z's daughter. Not really, oh. but she's um, he like found her. She's Rock Nation. Oh really? I was I gonna say yeah. So yeah, I mean, but that's a good point. Like but she who's has Rita Ora? behind her. Like that's a huge machine. <laughs> oh yeah, that's true. That yeah, is, true. and that's what it is. I mean, that's why you watch something like it. Like ugh, I hate to go here, but like you see a chance the rapper. Mm-hmm. It's so hard to stay on without a big machine. A behind machine you. behind you. Yeah. yeah, big machine. And he, it, it's been tough to watch him trying to like just do oh this shit God. on his own. It's so sad. It's so sad. Yeah. Because it's like you blow up, but then it's like, what do I do now? How do I stay true to what my fans got behind? Right. And I have much more recognition than I ever thought I was gonna have. Yeah. Like the you artist know? that comes to my mind that I follow closely, like when thinking about this specific topic. Don't laugh at me, okay? Well, don't laugh. Her music's good, okay? I like her shit. Marina okay. the Diamonds, you know? Oh, I went through great, that 2012 yeah. Tumblr sad era. Like, mm-hmm. I was there. You know, That's How to Be a Heartbreaker, Prima Donna. Yeah. So she's, I think she's white. I don't know exactly what she is. But she became really popular amongst, you know, like the sad tweens back in the day for her album, mm-hmm. Electra Heart. Bangers after bangers after bangers. But Very she was good. literally, like, crucified for that album because people... It was thought it was too eccentric. Like thought that what she was talking about was too girly. It like didn't have enough depth into it. Even though now, when you look back at it, you're like, no, you're way ahead of like the times. In yeah. all honesty, um, and her new album, she talks a lot about how she could have been easily put into that machine where she's just churning out music, doing what the record label says, all of this stuff. But the reason why her music fell off is because she really took a stance to say, I'm going to do what I'm going to do yeah. and build the life that I want to have. And she does have that life, but compared to the play, like the plays and the listens that she had with her first two albums, the numbers have definitely gone down. But I think now because of TikTok and her being able to like actually talk about what she went through, her numbers are starting to go back up. Because now things are different, you know, but that doesn't mean that it's completely different. Like you still have to have that machine behind you, you know? Yeah, exactly. Today. And a lot of people just don't have that. You know, and so then they get big and successful and they don't know how to sustain it. And yeah. this is why Curtis exists. This is why slimy yes. people like Curtis exist right. to get back to the movie. Exactly. No, literally that. And so we get, again, one of the, I'm going to say everybody's favorite part, but step into the bad side. Step into the bad oh, side. It's so good. It's so Such a good, good. Such yeah. a good one. I yeah. really hate watching this movie with my mom because she will be the... Uh, the whole song. This is my shit. This is my shit. I'm like, okay, okay, we know, we know, we know. Like, we That's know. Me. Please calm down. Um, I said for this song that this is like my favorite look that the Dream Girls had. Personally, mm. I absolutely uh, loved these dresses. Yeah, they're so they're stunning. I think the hair just be, when you you can tell when they start to get more money. As oh yes, because the bud, the costume budget, baby, through the roof, through the roof. Yes, and so. 
through all this dirty money, they're able to really start their own record label out of the car mm-hmm. dealership, Rainbow Records. And CC is the head songwriter. Um, and they are basically doing really fucking well. They've become like real fucking pop stars. And Effie and Curtis are deeply entrenched in each other. Yeah. And Jimmy and Laurel are deeply, well, fucking now, basically. They're, yeah, they're <laughs> but fucking. Again, another reason to want to be Laurel. I just love that. See, where she's like, I'm a woman now. I just yeah. love it. I love everything about I'm her. I'm a woman. Yes, I love so her. So good. Um, and yeah, we, J- Marty starts to become even more wary of Curtis. And eventually he just walks out and Curtis kind of takes control of the whole operation. He's like, I'm not going to work like this anymore and I'm not going to work with him doing all this dirty shit. That's not how we right. get down. Um, and Jimmy doesn't really protest because the money is coming in. The money is coming in and it's it good. Is. And it, Curtis it, is able to good. get him booked at these places that yeah. he was not being able to get booked before. And then mm-hmm. we actually see him play the Miami Beach Supper Club, which is like a huge deal, people. So if you're watching the movie and you don't really understand like the significance of it all, like why this was important, black people are not getting booked in the South, especially no. unless it's the Chitlin Circuit. And you it's like, that. this is Miami, like a supper club in Miami. Like yeah. this is big, big. Big, 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 big. But they do not. They not going up for Jimmy. They're not baby. One of them white people get up and fucking leave. And they sit in the front row. They mm. sit in the front row and they fucking leave. Yep. Because they tone, they try to tone down the performance for the whites. Yeah. You and know, have the, have the girls in these, in these bone stray wigs mm-hmm. and ponytails and gloves and all, the, and all that. And then Jimmy can't help himself. Jimmy He's getting excited. Himself. When he was pointing mm-hmm. to that white woman and talking about, I want you, I was like, oh my God, oh my God, oh my God. Oh, no, yeah. <laughs> it made me, yeah. I've seen this movie so many times. I'm like, oh my God, oh my God. No, I hope they would do that. It's like, Jimmy, please, please, please stop. Like, I'm getting secondhand. Right I'm getting secondhand embarrassment yes. from like watching Jimmy. But you know what they were looking at? Miss Dina. They were looking at the dream because he was meeting with the people from Bandstand. Yeah. He, that's who came to the show. He's really trying to get the girls booked and busy. American and Bandstand. After, but after that performance, it seems like Curtis is not really pleased with Jimmy's behavior and decides yeah. to kind of split the, give the girls their own act. Jimmy's going to go on his own tour. The girls are going to go on their own tour as their own act. And it's finally time to, you know, give them their moment. They're not singing. He said, you're not going to be singing background anymore. But the catch mm-hmm. and the twist is that Effie will not be singing lead like she was previously. Yep. And Dina's little baby ass will be up front. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, and and Dina's like, guess. what? I don't know. What? I don't, I don't know. Do I don't want to do it. I don't want to do it. I, I, this is Effie's thing. And the whole time, she doth not protest too much. Like, no. she, <laughs> she protested as much as her body would allow her to. She said, what? No, I don't want to sing lead. Yeah. yeah. But I okay. I, I don't know. I would have been there quiet. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So yeah. Let's try it out. Um, I mean, yeah. Yeah. Yes, I would have been like, let's just try it out and see what happens. Um, yeah. Effie's pissed because, mm-hmm. again, she's singing background and he promised her that she was going to do it again. And she knows what's up. She says, You only wanted her because you think she's cute. I see you looking. Right. And she can't sing like me. No. Nope. She can't sing. And you know, and we know that's not the truth. I know. I no, just know it's like, oh, I No, but specifically right the now. character. The yes. character can't sing like yes, her. Yes, 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 yes. And mm-hmm. that's, yeah, that's a, that's, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, so that's, yeah. 
Yeah, and that, is that the end of Act One? Or do That's we... the end of Act One, and we so. get into Act Two, and Let's it becomes Dina Jones and the Dreams. They're Wait, no so longer the Dreamettes. Before we get into that, we need to talk about the song that Miss Effie sang to Curtis. Talking I about love you, I do. Love you, I do. Love you, I do. This is an Act Two. Yeah. Listen. Written for the movie. And Curtis has big plans. Like, that that was also written for the movie, but he has big plans. Like, he really does actually deliver. Oh, yeah, they go to shit. London. They international ass bitches over Girl, they're out there with the Beatles. They, they said they going to collab. Yep. Yes, like they, said, they said they gonna, they're like, they're going to collab. And then the girls were like, actually, we don't really have time for the Beatles. We're kind of <laughs> we're kind of a little too busy to be collabing with the Beatles in the 60s. Absolutely. Come on now. Come on Absolutely. now. Come on now. They're on television. Mm-hmm. These black women are performing on television. Yes. Songs written by a black man. Mm-hmm. choreographed by a black I'm sorry this is your act I'm talking no 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 I Go. keep going please Go. interject because y'all have a lot more fever than I do because <laughs> I'm sorry the I love you I do I was embarrassed for Effie no, as a girl no no sorry girl. I did not mean to do this I did not mean to do this it's in my book I sing it really well it's one of my one of my staples and go-tos the crowd everybody is Camille mad. is going to be singing <laughs> no um, here's the thing I love you I do at the end of this please stay you have to listen to the end but, to get it mm-hmm. No, but, no, but what, as a song, what, great mm-hmm. song. But in the context of the movie, I'm like, girl, you know he ain't shit. Come you on. know he ain't shit. Come Niggas on. ain't shit, like Doja Cat said. Niggas is square like That's Madison. True. You exactly. can say that again. So that was the part that was embarrassing because I was like, this song is absolutely so beautiful. He just doesn't deserve it. Yeah. Damn. Ooh, but do you remember that heavy studio session? That is one of the most iconic scenes in this fucking movie so my god so first of all when they were singing that song i literally wrote in my notes this fat phobic song is not the fucking mood right now not the fucking mood it's not about about that but (laughs) it's um, not it's not about that it's about other things but but clearly effie is just he Curtis is not delivering on his pro. Well, she's jealous, but also right. Curtis is not delivering on his promise of it's only going to be temporary for Dina to sing. To, you for know. Dina to be the lead, yeah, exactly. Clearly, was that was a fucking lie. That was a fucking lie. He knew it was a lie when he said it. Absolutely, when he said it. So it makes sense that Effie is mad because she's like, you know, we've been traveling around the world. When is it going to be my turn? She's singing yeah. a little too loud into that microphone, you know, pissing yes. people off. Yes. But also, Curtis like says, Hudson does. Like Listen, Hudson does. but she better sing. But she, she better, better sing. And, and, and yeah. you know what? And did. And did, bitch. Yep. <laughs> Lyndon, I implore you to go find, because there is a, a bootleg on YouTube of the original Broadway musical. Uh-huh. The Heavy. Yeah, you should watch it. In you the musical, Heavy is not a studio session. It is a live performance. Yeah. <gasps> so Effie is pulling all of this, like, on stage so, in front and, of and people. And can you, how iconic. How fucking iconic. Like, I would have, ooh, can you imagine that? Yes, that- it's so good. It combines that and the other scene that comes later where they're all arguing on the stage. They're like, I can't, yeah. you were supposed to love me because that's not in the musical either. No. But Heavy is like a live performance and then they go backstage and have this conversation mm-hmm. where Effie is like, you're sleeping with my man, bitch. It's yeah. so good. It's so and good. Is it, and it is a lie? Is it a lie? No. She no. was sleeping with Curtis. She was. But yeah, so they're in the studio. Effie's singing a little too loud. Curtis is pissed. Everybody's pissed. They're trying to... This, they're on fucking take 30 of this fucking song. We find out that the album See, is a month late. By take 30, I'm finna get pissed because, baby, time is money. Exactly. Now, you in there playing games, bitch. <laughs> you in there playing games. You better sing this motherfucking song. The album is already a month late. Yep. Late. And you, okay. and you know how they used to record albums back in the 60s. They got a new album coming every month. Yeah. Um, they ain't playing no games. It's nope. money. Time is money, baby. 
So, of course, then we have that iconic scene. We find out Dina is, in fact, sleeping with her Curtis. Yeah. And then Effie... she shows up to rehearsal late. Yeah. And why was she late to rehearsal? Dun, dun, dun. She was at the doctor's office finding out she's pregnant. Pregnant. Oh, wait. Are we talking? I'm still talking about oh, the... Dina. Oh, I'm sorry. See, I'm, No, no, no. I'm you're never... talking about the next scene because I'm talking... I was about to say how Effie ran out because she stormed out because she was frustrated, but then right. that was right in, like, the Detroit riots. Uh, Everything right, is on Detroit fire. riots, and that's when they replaced... No, well, they haven't. Not yet, not yet. yet. No, 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 they yet. haven't replaced her. But she kept saying, "I feel sick. I feel sick." I'm like, "Right, hey, come on, look at the signs. Look at the signs, right. queen. They're all there. They're all so there now queen. they're at rehearsals. She shows up late. Um, but at this point, they're like, "Girl, you don't need to perform. You can just sit. In, you can just sit in the crowd. You don't gotta perform." But she's like, "What you mean?" And then out the walks, fact that her own blood brother was in on this. Her I know. Blood brother was in That's, on this shit. I, but I understand <sighs> why he was kind of like, you know. She's Excuse not taking one for the team. You have to come to rehearsal, Mariah. I'm sorry. I'm not saying. Okay. Now listen. Now <laughs> yeah. listen. Now listen. I'm not saying that you don't have to come to rehearsal. But if my blood brother is not gonna come to me on the side, like, hey, they finna, they pushing you out. They push you out. If my blood brother How? is not gonna come to me, it's not I gonna come it. to me and say that they're saying. they're trying to push you out the group. You better show up, bitch, before you be out of a job. That's a problem. For me. <laughs> See, for that's me, a problem. Yeah. so in my that's head, a problem. in my head, it never. I, it ne- I felt like what I've always decided is that they have been trying to get in touch with her. I feel like Cece has been trying to talk to her. I don't know if you've noticed. She's not easy to talk to. That's the thing. It's also the 60s. Nobody got cell phones. He can't be texting her, blowing up her phone, all this shit. He knows where she lived. Exactly. But she wasn't at the house. She was at the doctor. She at the doctor every damn day. I, you don't listen, gotta go to you don't gotta go to ultrasounds that often. Listen, she clearly got it this day, okay? And mm-hmm. another, I've never always been sure whether or not Dina and Curtis were sleeping together before she was really out of the group. I don't think she was. I, I feel like it's think, insinuated, I but Dina I don't think I really Dina don't. actually was. I think mm. that there was some inappropriate behavior for sure. Yeah, I think most of it was from Curtis's end, and I think that, yeah. you know... But Dina definitely played into it. I you know she, she played into it. Played I don't think she, it. like, overtly was but I don't think She doesn't seem like have. that's the kind of person she would she would be raised to be, but as soon as Effie was out of the picture, I know she didn't wait that long. Oh, no. Yeah, oh, absolutely. So then... This is when Sharon Leal, like, they, remember, because remember, at, during the Detroit riots, they hire her as, as a secretary. reception, as a sec, as a secretary yeah. reception. She snaps off them nails. Snaps off them press-ons. <laughs> baby, I would never have been able to do that. Um, I'd be like, baby, I can type with him. But, um, but then this is like, this is the iconic scene where they're rehearsing for this New Year's Eve performance. And you mm-hmm. know, a New Year's Eve performance pay That's is, like, is like no other. Yeah. Holiday pay is something, but a New Year's Eve for se- that's that's yeah. something else. And this bitch was not showing up to rehearsal, and the show is tonight. Mm-hmm. So of course they fucking replaced her with Sharon Leal, who plays Absolutely. Michelle, the person who came into the group after they pushed out Florence. Uh, Florence. I was about to say Florence, Florence Henderson. Oh. I was about to say Florence Henderson. <laughs> forgive me, forgive me. Um, but yeah, th- this Florence is the person Ballard. who came to the group uh, after they pushed out Florence Ballard. 
so here's another thing about this scene too because this scene is absolutely incredible they're all ganging up on effie honestly for good reason she, this is where she fully went wrong she did not show up to the fucking rehearsals i sure. would have been fucking I'm not saying she's pissed wrong for, about i'm not that. saying you're wrong for that i hear you absolutely but I, I can understand where both sides are coming from but it's very clear at this point that it, it's just about the money for curtis but yeah. also effie is clearly so in love with curtis and he is just not giving her anything back but my he thing is love her. oh absolutely not but like, she keeps talking about how, like, they have this relationship and all that stuff. And I feel like because this movie is pretty much just songs and montages for the most part, this is why I feel like a mini series would have worked a bit better so that we could have seen a lot a more. Do you know what a movie musical is? Have you? And all, well, the musical is almost completely sung through. It's like the same thing. Yeah. There's well, like no, but no that's scenes. what I'm saying. I feel like I wanted to know a bit more about the relationships and, like, the people. I feel, I don't know, personally for me, I didn't get enough of what I wanted to fully understand these characters and all of their motives. Hmm, mm, okay. So, so like, I in a what, show, you, yeah. like, on Broadway, I feel like I'd leave be, like, 10 out of 10, fantastic, love every single second of it. But as a movie, I'm like, what's happening here? I get it. I get that, Definitely. Yeah, so I think that's I, that's where I'm coming from, personally. But again, it's like a movie adaptation of a musical. And I understand how that is different. Okay, I see what you're saying, definitely. Um, but yeah, so then let's, this iconic scene where they kicked her out of the group. Sorry, yeah. Have, you guys, everybody ever, turns the, have you guys ever seen the Glee version? Yes, I have seen the Glee Mr. Shoe was supposed to love me. Unfortunately. <laughs> The whole series of Glee just honestly it's, feels like such a fucking glitch in the simulation and I can't and believe like, that we all would do we it. How are we all there for that? How like, and we just let it happen. We I was actively participating. Okay. I apologize, <laughs> but I was. I was actively participating in the Glee propaganda experience. It was absolutely okay. terrifying to look back on now. But yes, yeah, so we yeah. have this iconic scene. Effie's getting shit on. She's shitting on everybody back. It's just it. It just keeps building up with the tension. Yeah. Through song. And they're all, Great song. Because now they're because now they're all just letting all their shit out. Like I exactly. know you've been sleeping with this time. little skinny bitch, and mm-hmm. that's when Beyonce goes off. She's like, I put up with your bitching. I put up with your nagging. And oh, you're screaming <laughs> <Yeah>. and hollering. <laughs> But she was right, though. Like, Effie's complete rebuttal whenever it comes to Dina or even Laurel is just the fact that they're sleeping with somebody else. Whereas they're coming after Effie because of her work ethic. Yeah, but the thing is, is Dina, too, she just took it because she's like, Effie's the leader of this group. And Effie's the kind of friend who is like, you gotta tiptoe around her. But I don't want to have a friend that I have to tiptoe around because she might go off. She might explode. You know what I mean? That's, That's toxic work behavior. And then you know, even more so, she just keeps trying to go after Curtis. And I'm like, girl, let him go. Girl, yeah. let him go. Even though at this point, she, she knows that she's pregnant. pregnant. Yeah. yeah, so yeah. I'm sure yeah. that the emotions are running high yeah. as all fucking hell for but her baby, at this point. And I am telling you, when I say we talk a lot of shit, we say so mm-hmm. much shit about Jennifer Husband mm-hmm. as a singer. And a lot of it, I believe is valid. But this is where she shines. Yeah. She didn't she didn't need nothing else. No, nothing else. Left she no crumbs. She didn't need nothing else. She didn't need nothing else. She nope. gave me everything I needed. I feel Absolutely. like sometimes when I watch this movie, I feel and justice for Jennifer Hudson because there's a lot of people who claim that she can act in this movie and I That's not the truth. Every time that I watch it, true. I'm like, that's just not true. I understand some moments of it, but I'm like, okay, 
you're like not someone who acts. Maybe with more training, you would have read this line and, differently and, and or whatever. And the thing the is, is this was her feature film debut as yes. well. What I think, like to me, when I watch this movie, I'm like, it seems like she did all of the work on the song because baby the beats are there the changes yeah. in tactic are, is there yes. and mm-hmm. she understands what this song is she in does. and out through and through and maybe she doesn't understand what every line is supposed to sound like or every scene is supposed to but and that's i'm sorry if you're gonna play effie that's what i want from you spend all your time on the song bitch i don't care and, about and, what else and you if do. you <laughs> and if you ask me and if you ask me this is the scene that won her that oscar oh one absolutely this absolutely. is the scene that won the oscar that and yes 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 this is at least definitely a huge part of that oscar win just like with anne hathaway and mm-hmm. what the fuck is uh les mis it was fucking <laughs> i dreamed it was i dreamed a dream that won her the oscar it did and that's why when i watched les mis i was so confused because i thought she was gonna be in the rest of the movie i said well girl have you ever <laughs> have you ever heard of the musical at all she dies in the first yeah, fucking girl, act nobody's gonna be in the rest of anything what have you ever heard of the musical I had never seen the musical before I watched the movie and I only Bitch, knew everybody that scene. Dies. So I assumed okay. that that scene was like later on in the movie, you know, big pivotal no, moment. That's what Fontaine happened the first dies. 20 minutes. I said, no. wait a damn minute. Wait no, a Fontaine damn minute. Dies. I just, I feel like if I watched the like actual musical, I'd probably enjoy it a lot more than I did as a movie, if that makes sense. But so now Effie's out. She's gone. She's no longer in the group. They're moving on. Yeah. They're moving on without they her. They really move on so quickly without her. Isn't that very crazy? Very quickly. They all Play. cut her off very, very soon, which I understand why, you know, when we get to later in Act 3, she sees her the brother crazy, and she says, nigga, I fucking yeah. hate you. Get out of the my crazy house. Part, the crazy part is, is later when it becomes like Dina in the dreams and Dina obviously becomes Diana Ross. Mm-hmm. They mm-hmm. literally write Effie out of Dina's know, life story. That's so sad. Yeah. That, and they that's write Effie that's, out of her life what's story. What's so sad about all this is like, these are not just co-workers. These they were friends. are my girls. These are my yeah. friends. And that's why it was annoying, even with the Curtis stuff, like obviously not a relationship as much depth, but like, you're not just my manager, nigga. You're supposed to be my man. And, and you're that's where this it comes way. In. And you're my yeah. brother. And it's just, like, that's why this is just so yeah yeah because i understand that she was difficult but the way that everyone is going after her just for the music versus like actually as friends and colleagues that's why i'm like oh i don't know who said i'm on i don't i don't it's a lot of back and forth for me but it's like of course dina marries curtis dina becomes super big you know the the fucking dina and the dreams have six number one albums traveling all over the world they trying to get dina to be the first black cleopatra Mm -hmm. and do all these movies and shit like that like and it just becomes the dina show and these motherfuckers are richer than they ever could have been of course they find the jacksons Mm-hmm. You know, they find I know, I was like, Jackson. it's not the Jackson 5. It's supposed to be the Jackson 5, yeah. The group in there is supposed to be the Jackson 5 because Curtis is supposed to be very gorgeous. Mm. So it's it's kind of cute to watch it, though. I kind of do love that. It was cute. It was cute. It. Yeah. Yeah. But um, meanwhile, then this is when we get into Act 3. So meanwhile, while Dina and the Dreams, like their star is skyrocketing. Effie is broke. She has a nine-year-old daughter. And she's on unemployment and she is without a job. And then the unemployment, the guy at the unemployment office is like, have you gone looking for work? And she's like, like I've told you time and time again, I can't do that because my only skill is knowing how to sing. Now, this is the thing that I hate 
about the exploitative exploitative nature of the music industry is like they use you, Mm -hmm. they abuse you, and then they throw you out when you no longer have no use for them. And then you're out on the street in the cold, like, what the fuck do I do for myself now? You know, there's nothing, I have nothing but this. I put my whole life into this because you promised me if I did, that it would be worth my time. And now that I am no longer of any use to you, I have no self-worth now. It's like you ruin these people. You use them for everything that Absolutely. you can. And then yep. you ruin them. Yeah. You just That's exactly them. what happens. And it's like, it's so terrifying because that's why it's sometimes really nice to see artists get big by releasing their own music on their own terms. But then, you know, when they don't have the big team behind them, it's very hard to stay big. It's hard to, it's, it's, it's difficult to sustain and they make it, they make it difficult to sustain without a team behind you, without a team behind you. Um, so obviously like the dreams are big, but the thing is, is like, they're about, we're about to enter the seventies, you know, like we're trying to find, we're trying to get in where we fit in and they're all about finding a new sound. So they record a song. They were CC writes a song for Jimmy and Laurel, but of course Curtis is not going for it because it doesn't include Dina. So they don't get to record CC's song and Kurt CC is sending money back to Effie, but she's like ignoring it. And she's like, I want nothing to do with him. And Jimmy is coping. He's doing more and more drugs. Uh. Jimmy hasn't, Jimmy hasn't left his wife and she's still and like still the, uh, Lorella is still the mistress and she's been the mistress for eight fucking years. Eight years. She is eight. down astronomical. I mean, this man. you've been a mistress for eight fucking years and you and his wife are not even allowed to be in the same room together. What? Meanwhile, Effie gets a job singing at a club. Good and for then, her. She seems happy and healthy in that cute little club. But let's talk about the 10 year anniversary of Rainbow Records, which is obviously supposed to be Motown Records, where this motherfucker, Jimmy, Gets, uh-huh. on, gets on stage yep. and he's, suppo- he's supposed to perform the classics mm-hmm. but he 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 got high before the show mm-hmm. and he gets on there and he's like Jimmy got so Jimmy got so <laughs> Jimmy he starts improvising and takes his clothes off and this is live Technicolor television now hear me out the improv loved it I was having a Funny, blast hilarious. Jimmy is doing rap music before it exists Thank absolutely you. Yes. And then Jimmy he is rapping he- when he undid the buckle, I said, now wait a damn minute. Yeah, he took off his pants on stage. But the oh. fact that he was sitting there singing to his wife, who's in the audience, mm-hmm. and singing to his mistress, Laurel, who's in the wings at mm-hmm. the same time, and then they both notice each other, I said, yep. niggas ain't shit. Love it. Niggas ain't shit. Niggas ain't shit. Love this is what they do. Loving hip hop, it's it's loving hip hop Motown, baby. It's giving <laughs> Stevie J. It's, it's giving, giving Stevie J. J. That's what that's what I'm gonna name this episode. It, this is loving hip hop Motown. Yes, yes. That's exactly <laughs> that's exactly what the fuck this is. Okay, but the fact is, like, then like Curtis is like so upset over it. Curtis is so upset over it, so he lets Jimmy go. He releases this from his from him from his contract, and then Jimmy has to go back to doing like Chitlin Circuit type things because. Mm-hmm. He can't adapt to the new sound. He doesn't, he doesn't, he doesn't have it. And just yeah. like Effie, they leave him out in the lurch, even though mm-hmm. this is how you got your fucking start. You owe everything to me, nigga. Right. Absolutely and then, everything. 
And then Curtis, Curtis shows he has no loyalty to anybody because Dina wants to start, start taking control of her career. But yeah. Curtis is literally, Curtis is literally telling Dina, I chose you to sing lead because you have no personality. You have no depth. You are easy to control. He's like, you can't take a shit. Have you read your contracts? He's like, you can't take a shit without my say so. And that is what men do to women. Mm-hmm. This is how we end up in fi- in situations where women are being financially abused. This is what yep. happened to women like Tina Turner, who was being physically abused, who was being mentally and financially abused because this these men they change they take everything they change your name without letting you know yeah. they do yep. they make you they make you do all these kind of projects that you don't want to do. Dina did not want to do that Cleopatra movie. Well, no, it's this thing of like it's in you know he explains it well in his I hate him but stunning song. Where the second he saw her, she was a product. She was a part of a dream he had, you know? Yes. She's not a yes. person. And we see yes. that happen. That's what happened yes. with Tina Turner. That's what happened with Mariah Carey. That's exactly. what happens with, honestly, with our girl Beyonce. Is like, why was your mm. daddy looking at you with seeing a dream? You know? Yeah. Why? Yeah. You were, you know, you were a piece of Jay-Z's puzzle that fit. And that's right. why he felt like he could go out and do what he wanted to do. It's like, right. you don't see these women as people. You don't see these women as people. And mm-hmm. so they're products. And so you can do whatever you want to them and make them maneuver and, you know, do whatever. And, it, and it's crazy because then when you're done with them, when you're done with this product or when this model gets too old for you, they don't know what to do with themselves mm-hmm. because all they know how to do is do what you have said they do. And now I, and, and I'm going to get to later, what what did make me because like I said I got very emotional when I watched this last mm. part of it and I'm going to get to that but let's talk about Jimmy dying of an overdose oh, and Laurel oh. just has a damn fit love it again has another reason to want to be Laurel that is so, I want to have that fit that's fun Laurel had a goddamn fit because the wife would not let him would not let her view the body nope. and let me tell you I would be that petty in death You've been, you've, been, you've, been, you've been fucking Absolutely. my husband for 10 years? No, for bitch, you can't come years. to the funeral. No, nope. bitch, you can't come to the funeral. Fuck you. You nope. can't come to the funeral. This is my last fuck you to you and to that drugged out <laughs> ass motherfucker. And no, bitch, you can't come to the funeral. Are we surprised the wife reacted that way? Absolutely not. She acted accordingly. She was accordingly. You want to come here with his fucking kids? And the fact is, is that he died of an overdose at 43. So, the, the way that we lose all of our legends so fucking young. I know. How old was how old was Florence Ballard when she died? In her twenties and her thirties? She couldn't have been older than like thirty something when Florence Ballard died, right? How old are all these all these hip hop legends that have died recently? How old was DMX? Like forty something? Barely fifty? Yeah. Our our legends don't even make it to see their fifties and sixties. Yeah. Isn't that nuts? Are his, they're dying. They die right before our eyes. And it's just crazy to me because 43 is so young. But this man was like an elder statesman at that point. Yeah. Yeah. Because because they don't, they, they, they just, they use you for everything. They use you for your youth. And then they feel like they have no use for you after that. Exactly. And it's just disgusting to me. And so when people start walking out on him and Dina says, listen, you can do whatever you want. You can sue me for every penny I have. You can have all of this shit. I don't give a damn because I will start over. When Effie links back up with Cece and she finally forgets him and he says, Effie, I'm going to write a hit song for you. And she finds her voice again and she starts over. That's Mm -hmm. what made me cry. Oh, Oh, because It makes me cry because 
I just remember I'm listening, I'm listening to listen. And I remember the internal monologues that I had when I, when I was listening to this, when I was a kid. And I think it's just the fact that that's, that, that, that's how it, 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 it had such an impact on me. And it's, it, this is what happened. And this is what the, one of the things that I hate so much about what's love got to do with it because they end the story right when Tina's career was taken off yeah. because she had gotten her voice back. She had started over from scratch and then she became her biggest hits came after, after she got her voice back, after she had taken control of her career and nothing makes me happier than seeing women take control of their lives yeah. after so much mistreatment at the hands of men. And that happens so often. And Absolutely. I'm so glad, and I'm so glad that Beyonce did not have to, that she went through everything she went through with her dad, with all the, like, mm-hmm. all her record label and shit like that. And she's smartened up, and now she has control of her career. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So they can't, they can't do these things to her. Nope. Yeah. And I see so many young women following her lead. No, I'm not going to release music because you want me to release it. No, I'm not going to do things because you want me to do it because you're not letting me have control over my image. So I'm going to fight back in the only way that I can. And that's by doing nothing, which hurts you more than it hurts me. And that and that to me, it just it always makes me so emotional because I love when women are like, I'm not afraid to start over. You think you have control over me. I just took the power right from you. And that's kind of how this ends. Like it's it's crazy that Payola has the undoing of Curtis because they get the the lawyer and the FCC and they're like, yeah, we finna tell them that you've been juking the stats for like fifteen years, my guy. Like, no, literally. You, we, when that came up, I said, oh, he going to jail. He going to jail, jail, <laughs> baby. They said they said something about the feds. Um, <laughs> he going to jail, jail. <laughs> not to backtrack, but I am changing, right? So oh yeah, uh-huh. okay, the way you yes. feel about Let's listen, about that is how yeah. I feel about this song. And the thing that I love about it so much is like, yes, Effie has been mistreated. Effie has been treated wrong by lots of people. So many people. But I love that I Am Changing is not about these other people. It is about me and myself. Like those words break me down to some, like when she says, how many good friends have I already lost? How many dark, because it's about like kind of getting over yourself a little because as much as Mm -hmm. I was mistreated, there was a level of you need to get over yourself. And I love- And there always is. And there always is. is. And I love that Marty kind of goes, when she's has that opportunity to sing and he's like, you have so like, I know it sucks because you know how good you are, but you have to prove to everybody else just like the rest of us do. Exactly. Just like that. And I just, everything about I am changing just makes me so happy because you don't, she didn't, it really was about like, her like not to be you know obvious but her making the changes for herself and it's not it's not a song about other people it's not a song about all the things that other people have done to me all the things that i need to get back from other people it's like i have the power to change on my own and And i I agree i agree uh, it's very impactful i really enjoyed that one too because i I, was listening to listen because i knew listen going in but i didn't know i am changing and listening to I Am Changing, I was like, this hits a bit more, personally. That's fair. I get that. I get It's that. good, though. I mean, it they're does, both amazing songs. No, I think all the musical numbers in this, even the added ones, I used to love One Night Only. I was like, going to say, One Night so Only much. was a banger. Oh, that was a banger. That. I said, I love turn that it up. So much. I love that so much. But let's talk about the farewell concert, because that Rainbow Records has come to an end. The, the dreams are done. They said they're doing one last concert at their hometown in Detroit. And then they said, but there are not three 
dreams. They're oh, no, 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 no. Yes, they and are. They, and they invite Effie on stage to sing one last song. And yes, the way do. she comes out and her hair. Oh, I love her hair oh, in this. Yeah. I love her hair in this. Jennifer's hair for this last scene, I was just gagging so over it. It was so pretty, but she was so beautiful. And then she goes to the front and she's singing to her daughter. And oh. that's when Curtis and that's when Curtis sees that daughter for the first time. And he gets out of his little box up in the sky and comes mm-hmm. down to the front row and stares at that little girl. And that's the end of the film. Oh. She won. She really yeah. fucking won. And it's yeah. just crazy to me. So I want to talk about let's cause let's 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 get into Does It Hold Up? Because I said I had a rant and I fucking do. Okay. Because I want to because I want to talk about first of all, yes, this film holds up one thousand percent. I think it's beautiful. I think it's stunning. I think every I love the costumes. I love the cinematography. I love the acting. I love the choices. I love the casting in this. I think these actors are brilliant, brilliant, brilliant. And even back in two thousand six, they were top of their game, legend status on their way to it. Nothing that that's not to be debated. But I think more at its core, the reason I think this holds up is because the message in this is so true and it still rings true today. People like Curtis, people like Barry Gordy, people like Diddy, people like Birdman, people like these music executives like fucking Clive Davis, they pull these these black kids out of the middle of nowhere. They steal everything from these poor black kids. Then they bastardize them by stealing their music putting them in shitty contracts, using them even in death. Why the fuck is a Tupac hologram performing at Coachella? Why the fuck Why are you out it? here? Why the fuck are you here fucking telling Biggie's life story? You are not his family. You don't know what secrets he wanted to be revealed. Why the fuck are you, or do we have 80,000 duet albums with somebody? Mm. The fact that you have the right to use and abuse these black artists, these black women, even in death is so ridiculous to me. This is the reason that Lil Wayne has to have, has to do all these fucking whatever the fuck songs with these artists that you've never heard of, that you're never going to hear of again, is because people fuck you over when they can no longer use you anymore. This is why we have a 30 track posthumous Pop Smoke album. I never ever want to hear a posthumous album that was not pre-approved by this person specifically. This is why, this is what happens when Tina Turner has to get out of her marriage and go do shows in Vegas so she can pay off all this debt she owes. Because men, these music industry executives will use and abuse you for everything you're fucking worth. And then when they can't anymore, they toss you, the person aside, but they still have rights to everything you did. And they can do whatever the fuck they want with it. And that is exactly what happened in Dreamgirls. And that's exactly what happens in life. It's financial abuse and it's slavery and it's disgusting. And it's just such a, a shitty, shitty part of this industry. Of It bastardizes the music completely. And it's Absolutely. disgusting to watch. Word. That's my rant. I just when yes. I was watching this movie, I mean, it I, was yeah, it was accurate. <laughs> when I when I was watching this movie, Diddy was the first person that came to mind. Oh well, yeah, first second. Diddy third. was the first person, first, second, third, fourth, fifth. Birdman is in there too. Don't even get me started on like there, Clive Davis is in there too. All these motherfuckers, uh, fucking what's his name, L.A. Reid in there too. All of them. This is what they do. It's disgusting. It really yeah. fucking is. Well, that's me. So. <laughs> anyway. 
Um, no, no, like, thank you for bringing that up. Cause like when I, cause I obviously understand like everything you're saying, but when I watch the movie, because it occupies such like a joyful place in my life, Uh I feel nothing but like pure joy watching it. And it's, it's, no, and it's good to remind, (laughs) but it's a good to remind people of like, this shit is still happening. Like, this is not just a story of yesteryear. Still Um, to this day. Yeah. Fully believe it holds up. I could watch this every single day. Like I just have fun i had such a good time watching this movie um and i think that it is i think the dream girl story i I hope it always continues to be put on on stage and i hope the movie continues to be Mm -hmm. shown to people because i just don't think i think we know names like michael jackson we know names like diana ross we know these people but i don't think there's enough out there about like what Motown did for all of us and like absolutely yeah. I completely did for, did for not even just all of us for music and in I know general. for music just in general this is pop music it's where it came from it is I mean and you like, want to talk about one of the places where it originated this is it right this is really like Motown like created it. this idea of pop music it broke these yeah. barriers of like what's race music and what's not race music and what's all and you stuff. know what's and it was funny? just good fucking music and now I mean now we have Motown now we have more things kind of telling that story but by when Dreamgirls came out in the 80s you know almost what 20 25 years after this era of Motown like right I just love that we have a piece of something that preserves that history for us because it needs to be yeah and it like it really does I just love it it needs to be preserved. and I agree because like I don't know anything about Motown like I know about Motown I know about some very prominent figures of Motown but I don't really understand fully like the impact that Motown had on music and see that's and then that's that's crazy they invented the idea right they invented the idea of an image like that wasn't exactly exactly if we don't keep watching dream girls if we don't keep you know making sure people know that it's really easy for someone to think pop music is a white thing or like that's why y'all y'all see the rants that i do on twitter sometimes when you know this past summer all the pop music was being called disco and all this stuff and like i get so hating it i get so upset and fired up because disco is is queer just go is black, it's black. And it is it's, it's black it's and it's, and it's a certain and it, it, it was it was rebellion it was we're going to be queer and joyful and black and brown and enjoy ourselves and dance yeah. to this music that makes us feel euphoric so it is important to me that we don't just call any like do a leap of song with some drums in it a fucking disco, disco song because yeah. that's yeah. not what it was that's not what people were meeting up in droves to like burn records and like but we don't have so much disco music because people were like burning them Oh, Bur- really? literally burning records burning literally they, because they hated burning that black they hated that queer people were going out there and being able to dance and, and having fun. fun they hated yeah. that black people because i knew it was like in the world yeah, yeah, I knew it was like a rebellious part of the culture, but I didn't know people were like literally burning records. No, you and look it up. There was a part at what is the one Yankee Stadium? Yes, is a, that a where they nasty look white at, radio yeah. disc jockey, whatever the fuck? Mm-hmm. He basically set up this event where people could go to Yankee Stadium and mm-hmm. bring all these disco records. People were buying disco records to bring to the stadium to set on fire. 
to set on oh fire. My God. Look it up. You can find mad, the picture. It's mad that the girls and gays are having a good time. Like, but you know yeah. what else is funny to me that you bring up since you're since you're talking about Motown, not to mm-hmm. get off track. Yeah. But when you talk about like a house of like this is like a, where we have like the lineup, and then you later yeah. in the nineties in the nineties you get like Bad Boy, you get fucking, yes. you get Cash Money, you get mm-hmm. No Limit, you get Rockefeller, That's you get, and then today up. and today you get TDE, you get Young Money, mm-hmm. you get all. This is where it came from. This is where it came from. Motown did it first. And I think when you see people like Quincy Jones just going out, talking out the side of his neck, <laughs> reckless as, just reckless and wild and insane as fuck, it's because people forget who this man is. Right. And all the time. Yeah. And he has to go out and constantly be like, no, 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 we're not going to rewrite history because I was there. You can talk about it now. You can read about it in a book. You can read about it because whoever wrote about it in there. But bitch, I was there and I was the yeah. first one to do it. And don't you ever forget it. He hates that we that the people think the Beatles are what they are. He's the oh first my god, he hates it so much. He hates it so much. He said, like they're not talented. He said I was in the studio with the niggas and they couldn't play. They couldn't play. Oh, oh, He's like we're some the of the worst, worst musicians. musicians. He said we had to call people in to play their parts because, because it wasn't good. Do it because they couldn't Wait, do it. Have you? What? Has anybody, have you? Has anybody? You? Oh, you haven't read any Quincy Jones interview? You have to. Baby. He did an interview for what? I think Rolling Stone a few years. It ago. It was Rolling Stone or GQ or had both. had had Rashida Jones out here. Oh and baby, she was doing damage control. <laughs> they had to do an intervention. He had. To, they had to call all his kids. The, the ambiguous and the non-ambiguous kids had to come together. Like, not the had ambiguous to, and the non-ambiguous they had, they had to come together. They had to come together and be like, Daddy, you can't be out there saying this shit now. I yeah. know you believe it. But that's the problem when you outlive everybody. You can say yes, whatever the yeah. fuck you want. Yeah, he's that's like, Al Pacino was out here getting everybody. his booty hole licked by other dudes. Yes. And I'm like, yeah. tell it, yeah. tell it. He said that. He said that. And you I'm know why he can't say that? Because interview. he outlived everything. <laughs> when you outlive all your enemies, you tell the story the way you want to tell it, okay? And that's exactly what this nigga is doing. And he has oh. every right to. He has oh every right God. to. So, Lyndon, let's hear you from you. Yes, go ahead. Okay. Continue. Jesus, I really you. don't have that much to say. I liked it as a movie. I feel like I would like it as a show. It just didn't go deep enough for the characters for me. Like, because I understood the premise of, you know, Motown, the music industry being toxic, the rise of it, you know, fame, being in a group, having an identity, all of that stuff. But when it came to their interpersonal relationships and how they interacted with each other, I just didn't fully understand some of the motives that each of them had. Like, I didn't realize that Beyonce's character, Dina, was the youngest of the three at the beginning. I thought her and Laurel were, like, around the same age, but, like, closer than, like, 16 and 18, you know? Like, I wish that they almost looked or at least cast the people like for their age, like Beyonce was actually maybe casted as like an 18 year old in that shot to like really prove like how young she but was. You I mean, know why they do that though? Because they don't want you to focus on the fact that like, mm, this is a bit pedophilic, you know, no, they absolutely, don't but do it's that. like, so that's why they cast them as old. Of course, that's exactly why they do it. But like, I feel like they should really like drive that point home. Like, no, he was a sleaze. Okay. Like he was gross. And even so, like, the relationship between Effie and Curtis, the only time that we really saw them kind of being a couple was that one scene where she seemingly was mad that MLK had a record before her. 
But that scene honestly didn't matter to like the rest of the plot. Like it did not need to be there. That scene could have been fully taken out, and it was only maybe. But like, the thing is, is that's actually seconds. like a that's actually like based on like something Motown actually did. They did print like um, you know his. They did put it on a record. That, that no happened. i believe so but they used it i i feel like they should have framed it more as like okay this is like a big thing that motown is starting because i was like why they got mlk records like i'm confused about what's happening right now like i didn't know that backstory i feel like if i did then that scene would make a bit more sense but it just kind of like popped up and i was like what's happening here and then they also used that scene to show like the relationship between effie and curtis and i'm like but this is only like 30 seconds we're not really seeing their relationship how they're interacting with each other every day how they're interacting with each other like really closely like working together because we know that they're working together but a lot of times when they're doing the songs we're not seeing the behind the scenes of like or I guess as much as I would prefer of what it takes to be able to put on those songs in those costumes you know to these crowds like all of that stuff we're not really seeing the behind the scenes we're just kind of seeing montages of what's happening as they're performing these songs that's fair that's fair and I do get Mm -hmm. I see I think Mm -hmm. there's definitely that's important and I think there are other like art, there's other art, other films, other musicals that do a better job of showing that type of thing. And this maybe wasn't what they were trying to do. I think they were just trying to give an overarching, this is who we are and blah, blah, blah. You know, that kind of thing. Exactly. And so I think I like if that. you know, like, cause the people I know that obsessive with Dreamgirls, they're obsessed like, y'all, they know exactly what was going on, like everything behind the production, and everything behind the stage you, production, and, and everything. So that makes sense why the hype is there. And I think because I just went in so blind, and like I said before, yeah. I don't really know that much about Motown. I know the gist of disco, but I don't really know like the big, big names like of that era and like the really big songs and like the story behind like those items. So I think just coming in, just watching Dreamgirls, I'm like, this is good, but I don't know enough to fully appreciate everything that's happening. If that I makes think, sense, and you know, and I. I think and I feel like Camille you're gonna like agree with this or you're gonna say the same thing the only reason Camille and I do know this is because this is like what is passed down in black American culture yeah. and I and I yeah. and this is why I get Quincy Jones being so adamant about saying no 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 you're not gonna rewrite history right. is because mm-hmm. if we don't preserve it that way people will and people yeah. won't won't understand and people won't get just the 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 astronomical out of this world impact that people like Diana Ross and the Supremes, like Smokey Robinson, yeah. like Barry yeah. Gordon, like Quincy Jones, like like the temptations that they had. You know what I mean? Yeah, and if, I feel like unfortunately maybe Dream Girls, at least from like what I interact with, it seems like Dream Girls like for the era that they're playing in is really like the last big big thing that's a household name about that like tells a story about like Motown and the industry and stuff like that like you guys were saying the history of this genre and I feel like for it to continue yeah and I feel like for it to continue being as big of a thing it is that's why I was suggesting maybe more of a like mini series where you can really dig into each character, what was really going on in the industry, the background. Do you hear this, HBO? Do you hear (laughs) this, um, BET? Lyndon is pitching something to you right now. Exactly. So that hit her up. Yeah, because I feel like it's been a couple generations. Like it's been like granted, this movie came out in two thousand six, but the actual show adaptation in the the eighties. Eighty one is when it happened. Yeah, like we have multiple generations that now generations be popping out. These bitches barely know know. bitches from the 90s. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. 
Yeah, yeah. I saw on TikTok somebody the other day say, hey, I want to introduce you to this unknown artist, and it was Andre 3000. <gasps> I, I, I quite literally instantly closed the app. I said, I'm not doing this today. I said, I'm not in the mood today. Oh my I, God. I'm not in the mood today. <laughs> I'm not going to do I'm it. Nope. I said, I'm not going to do it today. <laughs> but yeah, so I think so. just from my perspective, I, re- I feel like if I saw it on a stage, the more glitz and glamour it is, I'm automatically yeah. going to give the show a 10 out of 10. Absolutely. I love every single second of it. So I feel like as a show, would absolutely love it. As a movie, I'm like, I need a bit more though to fully understand mm-hmm. what is happening right now. I think that's fair. I really do. Um, I still love it. I'm going to watch it a thousand more times in my life, of course. And I'm grateful that it exists. Yes. Um, Wow. Okay, everybody. That's our episode on Love and Hip Hop Motown. (laughs) Uh, (laughs) Thank you guys for listening. And we'll see you in two weeks. Bye-bye. Bye. Thank you for listening to this episode of Does It Hold Up, brought to you by Textured Air, a brand dedicated to celebrating Black girl culture, past, present, and future. If you like what you heard, please be sure to leave us a five-star review. It really does help. You can find us on social media at Textured Air. That's T-E-X-T-U-R-E-D. H-E-I-R on all platforms. And make sure you check out our other podcast, Where My Girl's At and The Blacklist and all of the other content we offer on our website, texturedair.com. Until next time.